Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, everyone. Good evening. Um, okay, let us pray. So just in our space, um, let us thank God for the joy of salvation. I know we want to talk about what is gospel, and as Pastor said, yes, it's what we know, and we're just here to remind ourselves um, what that means and the attitude we have to, um, you know, always cultivate when we are speaking it out to the world. So in just our space, let us thank God for that joy which he has given us, the joy of salvation and the grace to be able to share it with others as well. It's, it's really a privilege. So let us just, let us take some minutes to thank him for his love. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Um, we thank God um, for allowing us um, to have that privilege to his word by allowing his son to die for us, um, to pay it all for us on the cross, to be buried and risen again. And we thank God for the, the presence of the Holy Spirit that is always evidence every day of our lives and we are really grateful for that we don't take it for granted and we have we bring every code under the obedience of christ this night we ask oh god that you be in our midst as you always do that you bless our hearts lord to receive from you in jesus name for jesus right name we pray so please i'll just share my screen um, let me make that possible. Just a minute. Yep, you can go now. Can I go on? <laughs> <laughs> None of us in the classroom. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, just share. Can we also see my screen here? Yes, we can now. Okay. So if we don't mind, today is going to be, you know, like, um, it's not our, this is, this is not um, a quiz, but, and I'm not giving any of us exam, but yeah, just for us to, it's just another way for us to remind ourselves of what we know already. So there is um, a function called annotate on your screen. If, you, if you're using a phone, it's also there. If you're using a laptop, it's there. On so the you, Zoom app, you mean? Sorry, sir. On the Zoom app? Yeah, on the Zoom. Sure. So um, it's like a pen. So what we'll just use this um, annotate button to do is just to tick answers, basically. So today we are talking about what is the gospel and can anyone just, just one person. Okay, we already, <laughs> all right, people are already testing that, that's good. Uh, <laughs> I will just, uh, let me see how I can erase um, that. Let me make you a course just in case that would make things a little more. Okay, sir. Some more functionality. Yep. That's done. So, 
All right. So please, can anyone share uh, what do you think? What is the gospel? Just in few words, just one person. Who wants to go? Who would love to go? So that we don't call names. <laughs> who would love to go? Feel free to unmute yourself if you want to have a go. Just very short. As simplified as you can say it. Anyone? They want you to talk. Good news. The gospel is the good news. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. Is that Brother Lua Damilare? That sounds like Exactly, ma. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. So it's Hello, just Gian, I, love, I love that um that's your simple um definition for that the good news it's just that joy that's that brightness that has come to us and every day when you're wait i can't express it it's not it's not express it's not something i can express it's indescribable so it's good news so now we'll move to the next slide and this is where we are going to use the annotate button it says what does the gospel tells us what does it tell you? What does it tell me? Does it tell us about how bad our sin is? Does it tell us how we can be saved from our sin? Or does it condemn us? Uh, how we gather to condemn ourselves? Is this what the gospel tells us? So you just need to use the annotated button and just pick anyone that you, you feel is the answer just to remind ourselves. Okay. Uh, Brother Lua Damilari has started saying to that. Sister Damola, thank you. Sister Nike, thank you. Dr. Henry, thank you. Sister Anu, thank you. So, majority says it's B, and yes, the answer is B. Thank you very much for that. So, basically, God is the author of the gospel, and he reviews it to Ross. It's not by it's it, it's not for us to condemn anyone around us. It's not for us to condemn ourselves or tell us how bad our sins are. No, it's there for us to be saved from our sin. If we look at first um, Corinthians 15, 1 to 4, it tells us what the gospel is. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received. And I want you to highlight those, which also ye have received. You received it. And when ye, ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. I will go to verse three, which says, how that Christ died for our sins. That's the gospel. He died for our sins according to the scripture, and he was buried he rose again the third day according to the scripture. So basically, that's the gospel. And it's not there to condemn us. It's only there to tell us that we are saved. It's there to let us know that there's, there's no sin that is greater. And, it's, uh, and I love the, the verse that says that when your heart even condemns you, tell it God is greater. So it's just there for us to know that we are saved. Um, and yes, God is the authority and the truth of the gospel rests on him alone. 
So moving on to the next one, uh, fulfilling the will of the Father, Jesus proclaimed the gospel. What do you think? Is it to fulfill the will of the Father or he proclaimed it by himself? True or false? Just very quick and we'll move on. Fulfilling the will of the Father, Jesus, Dr. Henry has um, um, started us in for that. He said it's true. Fulfilling the, and Pastor La, fulfilling the will of the Father, Jesus proclaimed the gospel. Is that true or false? So yes, every majority said true, and that's it. Jesus did not come on his own accord to, to, to proclaim the gospel. He came to fulfill the will of the Father. And we will see that in John 5, verse 19. It says, then answer Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what is yet the father do. For what things soever he doeth, this also doeth the son likewise. So he didn't come in his own accord to proclaim the gospel. He came to fulfill the will of the father. And yes, the answer is true. It was the father who sent the son to make this announcement, this good news. And it was the father who authorized the son to speak it to his contemporaries. So to go against the, um, your conscience isn't neither right nor safe. First, we've been able to um, talk about the fact that we now know what the gospel means. So what's the message itself? We know what it means. We know also that it's not Jesus that came himself to proclaim the gospel, but he came to fulfill the will of the Father. So this question says, to go against your conscience, is neither right nor safe. What do you think, true or false? We remember the last time I did facilitate, we talked about what is conscience. Yeah. <laughs> so if we remember what we did then, to go against your conscience is neither right nor safe, true or false. Oh, I didn't get to see that name. Okay, but someone started us in for that. What do we think? To go against your conscience, is it neither right nor safe? Okay, I think the blue line, I don't know which <laughs> person can do it again. <laughs> okay, just a new care. Um, okay, is anyone putting in? Because <laughs> I'm always laughing. Any other person? So we'll move on. Do we understand the question? To go against your conscience, isn't it a right to say? What do we think? Okay, we all said true. So I will just go ahead. <laughs> but we need to, if, if, if someone, um, someone can just tell us what he feels or she feels about that. Share um. your insights, please. What's I'm it? part of those that said true, and I only said true because the statement itself rings a bell. I've heard it before in 
church history. Um, I know it was Martin Luther that said it um, under some certain circumstance. But of course, secondarily, I also know that it's actually a valid statement, like to go against our conscience. Our conscience is like God's um, God's uh, internal thermostat of some sort or way of helping us to know what is right or wrong and it's available to anyone even if you're not a believer so to violate your conscience is to violate what is supposed to be your innate sense of right or wrong yes um, and that wouldn't be right and that wouldn't be safe and absolutely long. pastor thank you so much sir and that's it basically um, Sorry, actually, actually, sorry, actually selected false, but I think I'm using my phone, so that's why I went to true. Okay. Yeah. So my, what do you think, Mr. Nike? I, I feel that um the what do you call your conscience? That's like subjective. And besides, your conscience can also be a feeling of guilt, and the guilt might be um the cause of guilt might not necessarily be what is true or what should be so sometimes the conscience or whatever your conscience can tell you might be coming from a place of selfishness or guilt not necessarily god's will or god telling you that what you're doing is wrong so that's why it's negative as well that's true that's true sister nike um i remember the last time we had No, no. I'm sorry, I was interrupted by a call. Sorry. Oh, okay. That's fine. Sir. Um, the last time we had um what is conscience? I think it is what is conscience, yes. And we talk, we use the example of let's say back home you do it, um you do eat meat, and then you eat a particular kind of meat. Let's say you eat uh, chicken, and then you come to the UK because um uk they don't eat chicken <laughs> so and or maybe your friend in the uk doesn't eat chicken and i studied the reason why you shouldn't eat chicken and why back home it's like a family um yeah. like a family thing for you that you grew up with and you know it is right and then you come to the uk and you decided and say you don't want to eat chicken because your friend said that you should not eat chicken and because chicken is not good so now you, you, your conscience will ask you okay what do you really believe so it's like if we go against what we believe oh. we are going to our conscience will judge us for that like it would it would um it will speak negatively it will speak it will tell us why would you change why would you change that why would you 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 have to know why the reason why you're doing that and it's neither right nor is it safe for you to go against it so is it right <laughs> no you can't say it's right is it safe for you to go against your conscience no you can't say it it is safe for you to go against your conscience so for this question is true the statement is true because when we have that ground in what we believe, we know what we believe in Christ. And then people tell us like first Corinthians, when Brother Paul was talking to, you know, the um, Corinthians, the Corinth people, 
he, he was telling them how much he has poured everything, you know, poured all he received to them, which they also received. So now some people are just coming and they're telling you, you shouldn't believe what you have already believed, what you know that is true. So your conscience at that point in time would tell you that that is negative, that is not right. So when we go against our conscience, it's not safe and neither is it right in as much as is against the will of God. So let's say for example, let's just use the example of having to, for someone that is an unbeliever, having to um, want to accept Christ. Now, he, he, um, is our conscience will tell uh, that or him that why do you want to believe Christ? Uh-huh. There, is, there, there is a place for that. There is a place to choose. So that will come to you that way. And but the Holy Spirit which worketh in us is the one who does that conviction with that person. So but when we believe Christ and we go against what we know, what we know by his word, as we said before, the gospel is fulfilled in his word, which is Jesus Christ. Mm. We go against that, that's not right, um, that's neither right nor safe for us. So there are some times that our church is here, or maybe um, like our, um, sorry, sometimes the authorities, so it doesn't matter who is telling you what, even sometimes the authorities of the church will tell you this is this. And if you go against it, if you go against that deep knowledge of what you know, because you need to know it, you need to know the word by, by for yourself. So if you go against that, your conscience will tell you no, because it's not scriptural. So Corinthians said, um, using the things of the spiritual to um, look into the things of spiritual, basically. I don't know how that verse went on. <laughs> but yes, if um, the final authority is the scripture and scripture alone. So basically, it's all about um, the gospel now and what you believe in Christ. So we are not talking about the things of the world in general, anyways. But when it comes to what you believe in Christ, what you hold on strong, what the authority in the word of God has made you know and is clear to you, you have to make sure that whatever anybody is telling you is scriptural. Whatever anybody is telling you, you back it up with that true word that you believe in. So when we are convinced about what we believe with the backing of the scripture, going against it is neither right nor safe. So let's move on to the next point. Um, sorry, Pastor, I can't see the time from like the way I'm sharing. Okay, 707 now. Okay. So let's go to question four. We must enforce the gospel to save a lost soul. What do you think? Um, so now that we know that going against the scripture is not appropriate so and we want to speak it out to people that are yet to know the gospel do we enforce it do we say you must you must receive the gospel 
<laughs> what do we think? You must receive the gospel. Does it have to be that way? Uh, <clears throat> or in a way that we are not actually telling them you must receive the gospel, but you're trained to you're training to them in a way that they know that okay, <laughs> please is it by force? <laughs> you know that kind of thing. When you're putting it to them, uh, or maybe you're not you're, you're not directly saying that, but every day or something you keep pushing in a way that is not um it's it's not from the holy spirit the holy spirit will not push you anyways <laughs> because it does the job so what do we think about that so we'll see so far that we are we've been answering these questions to remind us of what the gospel is what we know already it's just to remind us and we need to know the approach the attitude and the aim of passing it on to others and this we really have to do it with so much immunity and yes that's what everyone says says force and that's true because we need that so much um humility to pass it on to others it's not it's not ours it's not our job to do that you know it's the holy spirit that saves a lost soul so all we need to say is speak it out but not enforcing the gospel so when we declare and preach the gospel we do those we do so under the guidance of divine authority we as humans cannot call anyone to believe in jesus christ as is our savior on our own basis, on the basis of our own authority. Rather, when we preach the gospel, we are simply messengers. We are simply messengers um, communicating a message that has its origin in God himself. Okay, let me clean that. So we must do that as you know as servants that we are uh, we are simply messengers communicating that message that has its origin in god himself and good examples um our role model basically is jesus christ himself um jesus is always referring to the father always always at all times referring to the father and we see that in hebrews 5 chapter 5 it said and also christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest but he that said unto him that my son today have i begotten thee so jesus is always referring to the father he never takes that glory he is always so humble when is whatever he's doing healing speaking of the father is always very humble doing that and that's the um, attitude we have to always cultivate um that's the approach we have to take when we are speaking about the gospel to others also brother peter uh, sorry brother paul he always identify himself as an apostle one who is called of god and set apart um by him Romans 1, where it said, Paul is servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. And that's the approach we want to take at all times. We want to be so humble, we want to be, you know, we just want to tell him at all times that you take the lead. We surrender it all to you. 
you want to make sure that you pray before you go speak to anyone and say, I, I, I give it all to you, daddy. You need to take all the glory. You work on the person and use me to do the talking part. <laughs> and so that's the approach uh, we need to give to speaking the gospel because God owns it. God declares it. God gives it its authority. So it's not about authority. If you like speak from now to tomorrow, <laughs> whoever God has not given the authority to do that, the person would not receive the gospel. So you need to make sure that you know that it is God in the, in the center of it all. So the power of the gospel rests on which of the following? What do we think? Does it rest on the eloquence of the preacher? Does it rest on the, on the technique of the evangelist uh, or the persuasion of the rational arguments or the doctrines? What do you think? Does it rest on our wisdom to preach so bright? I like that. So basically, I love this. <laughs> I love the reaction. <laughs> We're all giving it. Yes, none of the above. It does not rest on the, you know, the eloquence of the of the preacher or how good the preacher is or the words that we speak, our wisdom or the technique of saying, you know, this is how I'm going to do it. No, it doesn't rest on it at all. And if we look at First um, Corinthians one twenty one, it talks about how. God has made foolish the wisdom of the world. And that's because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. His weakness is, is stronger than whatever we think, you know, the strengths we have. So it's not by the wisdom we have, no. It's not by what we know at all. God is the saving power in that, that the gospel effects salvation to everyone is the efficacy of the gospel. And that's to the power of God himself. Okay. So we should know that it's not by words how we speak or how, um, you know, uh, it's, it's by the power of God himself. It's by his wisdom that he grants unto us to be able to do that. So to avoid conflict, in, 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 in wherever to avoid conflicts in the church or anywhere we must focus on other things except from the gospel is that true or false so so that we don't you know i don't i don't want to fight with sister no i just want to you know keep quiet about what i know in, about the scripture about what she said or something so so that we can avoid that avoid that conflict do we focus on other things except from the gospel? Preaching in the church, should we focus only on finance? Should we focus only on, you know, lifting and leave out the gospel? Absolutely first. Thank you everyone for that. As uh, Bradolo Adam Larry said, the gospel is the good news, is the good news and this is what we, we, we want to find joy in speaking it every time. We want to find joy in letting it known every time, always. 
So it summarizes the person and work of Christ and tells us how we can receive the benefits of what Christ has done for us. And in um, Second Corinthians, we see how Brother Paul made it known that he suffered to make Christ known. So we can't avoid it. We can't avoid conflict. Christians will, would have conflict. Christians, it's not that we would not say things that are hurtful sometimes. No, we would. But that's because that's what we do to pray. You know, we pay the price for fidelity and for the power of God to bring people to salvation. We might say things that, anyways, when we are saying them, we must say everything with love. You know, we must do everything with that love in our hearts, with that love God has given us. So it's not that we wouldn't offend someone in the church while we speak about the gospel or, about, or anything else in the, in the scripture, but this is why sometimes church, church is uncomfortable sometimes. <laughs> Every time, basically. <laughs> I always refer to that book we read in church some time ago, how uncomfortable it can be. But when it's uncomfortable, it brings the goodness in us. It brings the, 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 the beauty. It basically helps us to weave the tapestry of beauty in our, in, in our hearts or in our homes or with each other, basically. So we need to let it known, just as Brother Paul may, said, talked about it, that he died making Jesus known. And it's the strength of Jesus that made him rise again and gave him that continual strength. So we must not say because we want to avoid conflict and then we shy away from talking about the gospel. We must declare it boldly to others. So how can we share the gospel? What, um, what do we think? Basically, general insight, anyone? wants to share so i'm sorry i've been i've, I've been making us use annotate button <laughs> so it's time to talk who wants to talk who wants to share with us how can we share the gospel anyone can unmute himself or herself and, and go for it to contribute how can we share the gospel i think one easy way could just be through our posts on as we know, we know how, um, how internet related this world is right now. So through our post online on any social media platform, or even just through conversations with our friends, we're just chipping one or two things about the about news. the gospel. Um, like you know, I wanted to call you Sister Damola. <laughs> I was just going through and I <laughs> oh, really <laughs> about to call you. Um, so if we had to share it through phones and the things that we have around us. How, like, how do you speak it out? How do you let it known? What do you think, Ma? Okay, um, for me, I just like, well, miss, majorly on WhatsApp, maybe I just see something that really touched my heart on Instagram or somewhere else. I just post it on WhatsApp, or even maybe at a Bible study, I just share the lessons on WhatsApp. And I feel it's blessing someone one way or the other. I may never know, but. I believe it's a way to share the gospel. Thank you. Thank you very much. Any other question? Yeah. You can share. Um, I, Ife. Hey. Hey, yes. 
you can share the gospel by speaking to someone about the gospel. Yeah. When you're and, speaking, what mm -hmm. do you say? That's what's the content. Is that your question? Yeah, what's the, yeah, the content of the <laughs> what you share? Basically, tell the person how, uh, about the love of God. Okay, yes. Thank yeah, that um about how we're no longer condemned. And um, you give instances about the about the events in the old testament, how God knocked them down with the saint. And now have given us this opportunity of um, having to um, confess to him even after we've sinned and ask for forgiveness. And then we'll not have to be afraid of being struck down by God. And um, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Damola. Thank and also, you. Um, adding, to add to what she said as well, we can share the gospel by sharing our personal um, experiences like... Uh, uh, what was that, uh, Pastor Olaze podcast? Not alone, yeah. So something like that, you know, sharing your struggle, and people see that you've gone through this struggle, and then you survived it, and what made you to survive it? That's what's being a witness. Now you are now sharing that this is the, how I was able to survive it, and that way you have shared the gospel to someone. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, good evening. Good evening, sir. All right, um, I'm sorry I came in late. Um, I think uh, these days, the we are the living gospel, actually, if I'm permitted to use that word. Um, it's easier to share the gospel with our lives, the, day, the way we live our daily lives. Um, most of the time, people no longer listen to what we say, but... Um, Is that brother Adeleke? Yeah. Yeah, I think. Thank you. Know. Um, thank you, everyone. Um, that's all that we said. I actually. Okay, I have a question. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. Okay. All right. So, um, thanks for the. Thanks for the question. I, I'm just I'm just trying to think like uh, I'm just is, how do we how do we you know I, I think Pastor has even quoted that I haven't shared that quote before that you know preach the gospel every time if necessary use words uh, and uh, where is there a line between that and um because there's a way that we could that we could that there. The gospel needs to be preached, actually, and just with words. But we don't preach the gospel only through words. There are people that we actually need to speak to them, not just by our life. Okay, let's let's take for example, like someone that God has been trying to speak to in a bus, and that's just one of their last opportunities for salvation with you in that bus. Or in that car, or in that, or in that encounter, they might not. You might not see them tomorrow again. For them to watch your life and be inspired, and then be saved. Mm -hmm. And Paul, the scripture says that when Paul went to a particular city and he spent how many years? And he said after those, I think it was two years. He said everybody in that town, they had heard the gospel. So I think, and I think there's even the statistics that say that um, people who are already born again 
rarely share the gospel with words, so to say. That's like to thought of people that, that just recently got born again. We're not actually um, evangelized by those that have been in the Lord for five years plus. Uh, so how do we separate? How do we separate that? Um, that's our. That no. That's our. I don't. How do I? I, I think you understand the question. Like, how do, what's the line between using uh, acts, character, the way our social media, all those things, and actually going out to actually preach this gospel? Is there? Is there? Is there? Is there? Is there a line between the two? Can we do one? Can we do one and not and not? Um, thank you very much. Can I share a, a couple of thoughts on that? Yes, please, sir. Okay. Um, like virtually all the means that we've been speaking about, I think taking us back to where we started. What's the gospel? Good news. And I have a question that I was going to throw to us at the end. Uh, what's actually good about the good news? And maybe that can then begin to help us also further own what exactly the good news is. Sister, if I read 1 Corinthians 15, um, 1 to 3, 4 thereabouts, and each statement in that, in that passage is actually loaded that we can continue to unpack and unpack and unpack it. Where I'm going is whether you're living your life to preach the gospel or you are inviting someone to church for instance or you're making a post on whatsapp there is every tendency that all of these tools what they are supposed to do i believe is to give an occasion eventually for the gospel to be shared as long as what you are sharing by those posts and of course by your life you can't even exactly leave out first corinthians 15 by your life the gospel is a message. It's a message about who Jesus is, what he has come to do. And that is what brings salvation. Paul says um, it's the power of God in, in, in Romans 1.16. Um, will be if I preach not the gospel. That's what brings salvation. People looking at your life as good as it can never be will not save them. It can become an occasion for them to then come to you to say, Let's talk about this or what's going on here. I think I've shared here before how I was posted somewhere once and spent 21 days there in a station in my, in my church in Nigeria. And I was there for three weeks. I didn't know I was going to be there for three weeks, but I was there for only three weeks. And within that three weeks, I felt I should live in the same room with the driver of my bus. Um, even though I had another room that I could stay uh, that was apportioned to me. But I just felt like I should live together with him. And within those three weeks, by the second week, I, I came into my room one day and saw him reading my Bible. Now, that doesn't mean he's saved, but the, the same person that has been outwardly hostile, if you will, to anything church or Christianity would drive us around, but he wouldn't enter into the church's, church premises with us. He would live inside the same house with us, but he wouldn't join us for morning or evening devotions and all that. But the same person began to read my Bible and I saw him doing that. I went on to buy a copy of the Bible to give him. Again, that's another step, but it still will not give him the gospel. And so that led on eventually to a conversation. That's where it is all going. And that's the conversation that makes him know there is nothing I've done. It's all about God himself actually 
bringing, I've not shared anything with you up until this point, you know, when you found out I was going to be leaving the next week and it was in tears and da, 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 what you've started doing. I was like, I've not started doing anything in your life. That became an occasion for a conversation. And so when we say um, preach the gospel at all times, which is actually a quote from, I think it's St. Francis of Assisi, preach the gospel at all times when necessary, use words. That's not to say that we do not preach the gospel itself. The gospel itself is a message. Christ came, lived, he was born by a virgin, he lived a sinless life, he died an atoning death, he resurrected triumphantly, his resurrection and his death burial resurrection was a substitutionary reaction, a, a substitutionary sacrifice, if you will, that made it possible for me as a sinner to now become accepted by God, this only and just God, who no matter how righteous I could ever be on my own, I can never ever satisfy his demands of justice and righteousness. Someone came to take my place to do that. And because I accept this joyful news, and place my trust in the finished work that Jesus has done, I am saved. That's the gospel that brings salvation. My life will not live out that message as it were. My life can live out the fact that something is different about me. Something is fundamentally different from how every other person is doing things and that can draw some other people to want to know more about that. So that becomes an occasion for the gospel. And um, I think the challenge really then for most of us, for me inclusive, is how do we then break down? And I don't know whether Sister Ife has still got a question on that. How do we then become more willing, more open to actually sharing the message itself? I think most times when we come down to all these other, we post it on social media, with anything, anything but speaking to someone. <laughs> It's a comfortable way to, to evade what is supposed to be our mandatory assignment, going into the world and preach the gospel. So how, how do we get better at doing that? Is there someone here that is exceptionally gifted with the boldness and confidence that wants to give us five tips on how to do that? I would take notes. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that's that's the thought I want to, just to corroborate what um, Brother Larry was saying. Thank you, Pastor. Brother Larry, is that okay? Is that okay, sir? Oh yes, Pastor is already on the on. He has already set. He has already me put it in the proper context. So okay. thank you, sir. Sana. I was going to say there's a there's a question that that ties up into that in the chat that we can explore, especially us that we're here. Cipher, mm. do you think, or should we do it later when you're done? Um, I'll just read. I'll just read it out. Sorry, I wasn't checking the chat. So um, from Brother Adebayo, mm -hmm. he said, I think the gospel we share is Holy Spirit inspired. What we say is not determined by us, but the spirit that lives in us and the impact on the receiving end is only made perfect by the one who worketh all out. Yes, thank you. Um, either ways, make it known by all means, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. We need to always make it known with so much humility in our heart and surrenderness. A question from um, Sister Blessed, yeah? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. Said, in many industrialized nations, there are laws that restrict people from sharing the gospel the regular way we know. 
Shane Pratt talking about religion in office environment, open air crusade, etc. Question is in such sorry. Question, question is, in such occasion, occasion yeah. do you keep mute and not preach or risk disobeying the law of the land, even when scripture says to obey all authority? Sister, mm. do you want to share something on that one? Yes, thank you for asking me. Thank you. Okay. I know the last thing Pastor Last said before he stopped was that he said, how then do we do the actual speaking? And this has been something him and I we've been considering. So the gist is that in this industrialized nations, I would say Western, where we are, UK, US, Philippines, things. We know, okay, for UK, let me be more specific. For UK, we know that a way to start a normal conversation with a normal person, I'm, I'm saying normal in the sense that it's not gospel linked, is to just ask how they are. Like you, you stand at the bus stop and just say, oh, hello, hi, I like your shoes. And that starts a conversation. And, and that's a way to preach the gospel. I know it's not our way of saying, take a tract, Jesus died for you, spill out all your sins and let me pray for you. Then come to my church every Sunday after that. That is what we're used to. That is our church thinking. Um, put tracks in people's hands and things like that. I remember when I was in uni in Nigeria, every morning, I think about 4 a.m., there's a woman that rings the bell, praying around the host, and I keep thinking, doesn't she get tired? Like, I know what she's saying already. Like, are people really listening? So we, we have a structure that we know, and I think it's time for us to unlearn these things and relearn what works. So conversations are a good way to introduce the gospel. And the gospel isn't, isn't, I'm sorry to say, or you can correct me if it's not theologically correct. It's not Jesus died for you so that he can save you. It's, it's like what he did with the, with the woman, with the Samaritan woman. What he did, he, he, he didn't say, I am Jesus and I died for you. Come go and worship in this thing. He said, he, he had a conversation with her. He told her things that no one knew. He, he shared with her. And I think that's what we need to do in, even in Nigeria, go, I mean, um, even with Nigeria, we, it's, it's just starting a conversation. And I like what Kingsley said earlier, how he said that it's, 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 part, it's sharing our experiences. We are the Jesus people see. Uh, and I understand what Brother Malaria was saying on our verse. If we say that, then when do we actually do the speaking? The speaking comes from the conversation. All we need to do is just take more, use opportunities, take it. When this one little spirit is laid in your heart to speak to the woman beside you in the bus, I'm talking to myself right now. Don't just focus on your phone or look for her to say, look at you before you talk, say anything. Talk about it. So, yeah. and one last thing that I that I just recently learned is invite them for dinner. Food, meals, sharing meals together is the is the most beautiful way to share the gospel. Because what Jesus did was. There was a time I, I, when I was reading John, I can't remember the exact chapter. So he had gone to heal, he healed someone and the Pharisees were telling him off. He explained his reasoning to them. And the next verse says that, and he went to, he went to Peter's house or one of the disciples house and he, to, to relax and he put his feet up. He didn't go there to rehearse all the 
I don't know, that Torah thingy. He sat, he had meal with Zacchaeus. He didn't say, Zacchaeus, go and repent. Because of the fact that Jesus came to his house, he chose to let go of things. Mm. And I think, sorry if I know I'm taking you a bit of time. And I think one of the barriers to doing this, of inviting these people into our house is the vulnerability, the risk it exposes us to. But when we realize that the message is not about us, the house is not us, it's Jesus leading us to bring these people in. It takes away the risk, but we do it wisely. So have dinners, invite. That's what I and Colin want to start doing now. Just opening up our doors to say, come share with us, come eat our jollof rice, come eat our hot chicken, and let's see how it goes. And from there, you share your story. They ask you, oh, how are you managing with the kids and working for money? You say, oh, God, it's, it's just been God. That's it. And I look at you like, you're weird. Then you talk... Like it's just it's wisdom and God God would help us. Over to you, Sister. Amen. Thank a couple you. of hands up. Um, NATO and oh, NATO. I want to go for oh, NATO. Yeah, I just uh, um to just uh, uh further um add to what Sister Anna has said. In this country, in the Western world. Um, I've noticed and um, out of uh, interacting with people, the first thing they say when they notice you're a Christian is they say that there's a positive vibe around here. And after that, one of the things that you say is a simple thing, telling somebody that God loves you and he has a, an awesome plan for you. As simple as that is, a lot of them have got the health care, they've got everything, but they are lonely. To hear that God loves them even after, you know, even with the way they are, it's just the gospel. So sometimes it's just uh, to add to what Sister Anna said, inviting them and all that. It's as well just looking at somebody and somebody is telling you, like the last time Sister Anna was talking about someone saying, I'm deaf, and she was trying to, it was trying to tell on her. I began to be conscious of that. The other time someone was like, I'm deaf. I'm like, no, you are not going to be deaf. You are not deaf. You, you are not deaf. And she was like, oh, I understand. Yeah, I said, but you are a prophet and everything you say, you know, is very matters. And the person started picking up conversation like, oh, can you tell me more about this? And then we just opened up. But simple thing of like that about love. I think what they lack in this country is that love, that's family love. And that's what we have in SS in Nigeria. And then what we lack is now uh, basic amenities. And that's why in Nigeria, Christian, we are praying for God for sound health. And here they are like looking for someone to just show them love. And that's why you see, tell somebody, oh, your hair is very nice. And the person is so happy and all that. And just so I think just preaching love to people and showing love to people, it's in the Western world, is a way of sharing the gospel and, and not, um, not calling Jesus. Because at the end of the day, it, it's not by what we say, like Sister Ephesians uh, before, it's by the Holy Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit knows your intent and you just tell the person that, oh, there's, there's something in you that tells you this, the Holy Spirit will do the job and all that and they will pick up interest. That's my humble opinion. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Kingsley. Um, Sister Blessed. Blessed. I don't know how to pronounce it again. Yes, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Good evening, everybody. Sorry. Good evening. Um, I just I'm sorry, I have my little one in the 
that's why most times either I'm at work, I have my little one, I, I stay muted, but I just wanted to share. Um, I intentionally asked that question because I also wanted to comment on it. And um, in everything we have said is right on point. Um, I appreciate um, Mrs. Ola for our, our contribution because we actually shape the same view. Um, the truth is this, I've come to, maybe what I will summarize as my own contribution is, I realized that a true Christian, you just living your life as a Christian is also a means of sharing the gospel. Now, what do I mean by that simple statement? If we do, if we live our lives the way Christ has asked us to live, it is, it is because it's the Holy Spirit that actually does the ministry. Um, it's beyond what we used to know especially out there in Nigeria. In Nigeria, we, we tend to be used to, okay, today is evangelism, or let us go to the evangelism, we'll take our tract and, you know, we all tie our scarves and everybody will ring bell and walk down the street and things like that. But our everyday lives, if we live genuinely for Christ, Christ himself, through the work of the Holy Spirit, can use that to minister to many, many people let me use this opportunity to say this, and I'm, I'm not saying this, actually, let me put on my video. I'm not saying this because Pastor Fola is here, but I'll say I started following him. The moment I started following him and I started seeing his comments on one of the, the striking stories he made mention, and this was while he was in Nigeria, he made mention of stories like paying for people in the bus, you know, or um, just rendering help. Like the story he just made, mentioned, uh, the driver staying with the driver in the room. Instances like that brings opportunity for Christ or the Holy Spirit to even minister to the people that technically might not even um, be reached with our tracks or by our old face and, and things like that. In industrialized countries, even here, yeah, we have people like Jehovah Witness and they tend to want to classify all Christians like Jehovah Witness. You go knocking on doors and people will shut their door against your face. Mm -hmm. If that is the method you still want to use to preach the gospel. But when you have rules and regulation governing a land and you still have to obey that land, you can at the same time say, oh, because of that, oh, I can't preach the gospel. They said I should not do this. I, I should not, I can't start doing morning cry like we, we know in Nigeria. Hey, walk down the street and start screaming. They'll call the cops. They're going to call the police on you. So how do you, and the gospel is ever fresh. Does did Christ know this? God knows 2021 is going to be around the corner, even when he was writing the scripture and it says, go ye to the world, yeah. preach the gospel. Or yeah. we have to know what strategy we need to imbibe to come to the, the to go up to the level that the world is and right now. And I'll say personally, part of the things I do is this, because truthfully from experience, our church sometimes, when we go out on evangelism, you would see it right there. No soliciting. You can't go out there and say you are entering a store and distributing tracts. They will, they will 
put you in prison. I'm sorry, <laughs> you know. But I personally, one of the things I've I've come to realize is opportunities. I call them the good. Uh, I mean, the Samaritan woman opportunities. Mm. You that day to day opportunities like that. For instance, I was say coincidentally, I didn't even know this would come up. My shirt right now it says Jesus is my rock. Mm. That's why you have opportunities like having an outfit that just says something about christ mm. and you wear it could be your everyday outfit for office environment you have a you are able to put something on your office space if you if all as a student in your dorm you put something that talks about christ they will be the one to come and ask you that oh what is that and it can also be an opportunity that god will use mm. um by the grace of god the front of our vehicle and again i'm just saying my instance it's it's not a one size fit all you can use what you have around you in front of our vehicle we have we we went to a place and we saw a tag a beautiful tag decoration that says forgive we bought it and we put it in front of the vehicle i've asked some i've i've had somebody ask me about that and it was an opportunity you know so i'm just in all of these little little instances because mm -hmm. one of reasons why they say some Christians in Nigeria are hypocrites. Many people go out and share track, but they're not living the life of a Christian. That's right. People are missing the things that they are supposed to meet in them as a Christian. And it, it, the, the gospel has gone beyond just ringing the bell, waking up early in the morning and, and, and standing up in the bus. I'm not saying that is wrong, but our very lives itself should actually um speak christ and um i think lastly another example that i was going to give was um um our vehicle had a fault and we took it to where they repair the cars and coincidentally my husband was playing brabillet's message before he dropped the vehicle. And the way it happens when they want to repair the vehicle they get your key they take it out do you know that that Bilez message was preaching? The person that drove the vehicle to go and repair, when he came back, he asked my husband that, well, who, who's that preacher? Like, you know, the American <laughs> the preacher. And to cut the long story short, that was how, when my husband talked to him and everything, he gave his life to Christ. Who would have imagined a Bilez message mm. from Nigeria would minister to somebody? Mm. in the united states so mm. living your everyday life as a christian gives mm. god gives the holy spirit an opportunity to mm. even minister christ they would come to you as you go to them with what we have thank you so much i'm sorry i know i took time but no thank, you so thank you so much <laughs> thank you so much ma'am um thank you everyone who said it all basically <laughs> so um but the question pastor was um um pastor asked about how how do we speak it as well we need to know this in as much as we use our life we you know um we agree to accept what is going on around us maybe our authorities what um, has been said maybe we can't you know be like nigeria and ring all the bell all around and we use whatever we have to preach that gospel even if you're in nigeria you're ringing the bell 
fine. If that is how, you know, it's, you know, it's, um, that's how you want to preach the gospel. Yeah. If you want to be in the UK and you want to, you know, have those conversation, that is beautiful. In as much as is inspired by the Holy Spirit, do what is uh, do what it tells you to do. Yes, absolutely. And also, um, how let's say something. Okay, so let's move on. <laughs> so if um, to share the gospel, basically, we need to talk about the bad news itself as well. We need to make people understand the bad news. So while we are sharing it, this this particular one becomes very difficult when you have to do the talking and you're not living the life, you know, like you're living not in the area of you living the life or you starting a conversation or or you speaking about the message itself. Because when you start a conversation, you will still come here. You will still talk about how he died for us. If you ring the bell, when you're ringing the bell and someone listens, you will still talk about how he died for you. You have to confess it. That's the message. You have to speak it out. You have to speak about um, how he died for us, how he came, um, died for us, was buried, and it, it did rise again just for us to be saved. So we need to make people know the bad news. All human beings have rebelled against God and they need to know. Everyone around us need to know. But we need to do that with love. We need to do that with so much humility. We need to leave it out as well. While we are making that bad news known, we need to leave it out to make them know that, say, look at me. That's how you can even share your, 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 um, share your life story that's because you have gone through something and he has washed you clean. So you want to share those stories as well. So you need to make people know about the bad news. Just using an example of a doctor. Now you go, you're sick, you go to a doctor. The doctor will first tell you what is wrong. The doctor will first tell you what the bad news is. Oh, you have a cold. Okay, now we can do something about that cold. Oh. Now there is a solution to that code and this is what you have to do this is what you have to do we can't heal ourselves god heals us so but we need to know for us to ask god to heal us we need to tell him we are sick yeah we need to tell him that yeah I, I want you to take i was having codes for like three days now and and i'm like you know what you gave me this assignment you need to take away this code you know and make me available for you so we need to let him know about that, whatever is wrong with us. And that's what we that's the approach we have to give the gospel as well. When we are using our life to preach it out, we need to make the bad news known that all humans have rebelled against God. We need to make we make we need to make uh, people know that people we are preaching to to know that it's not by our power, but it's by the justification in Christ. In faith alone, grace alone, Christ alone. Everything is in Christ. It's not. It's not how we, how we preach to you. No, it's not how. Um, it's not about the sin that you have committed. No, you are free. Just come to Him, and 
you would know that you have no condemnation. No one is going to condemn you. Just lay it all to him and he's going to cleanse it all. So we need to make um, them know um, anyone we are preaching to, we need to, the lost soul, we need to make them know that if God judges according to his standards of justice, <laughs> we are condemned forever, but he's a very loving father, so merciful and compassionate. And he has, you know, given us a son uh, to die for us and to wash all those sins away. And that has given us direct access to him. Also, we need to, we need to make them understand how unjust uh, person can be justified in the sight of the only and just God. We are not good in ourselves and we cannot save ourselves. We need a savior because of our sin. And that's the message. We need the gospel. So we need to also make them understand that Jesus is the way, only way of salvation, the only mediator between God and humanity. These are the things that we need to share with the lost soul. We shouldn't just, um, you know, do without confessing it, all those things with our mouths, even while we are using our life, living that holy and glorifying life and they are seeing it, uh -huh. we still need to confess it with our mouths. We need to make them, sorry, my screen is just, we need to make them understand that Jesus Christ as a divine word is the second person of the Trinity, co-eternal, co-essential um, with the Father and the Holy Spirit, and is the foundation to faith in the gospel. We need to make them understand that. We need to make them understand that is God himself. We need to make them understand um, that, and he was born without sin, you know. He came in human form, but he was born without sin. We are born with sin but he was born without sin. That's how he was able to wash us clean, became sin for us so that we can be free. And we need to make them understand that he's 100% God and 100% man. If we don't make them understand these things, there's no way, if you, you just tell them, you know, like, if you just show your, your, it's good to do every other method as inspired by the Holy Spirit, um, but we need to confess those things to people that we are, um, to the lost souls, because it makes them have deeper understanding of what they believe, what they want to believe, or by the time they believe, fine, they would go from the secondary, um, secondary uh, food, is, is, is that what the Bible says? <laughs> so from, from milk to solid food, <laughs> yeah, so from milk to solid food, however, you need to make them know all these things so that while they are going to that solid food, they have good understanding and they are able to stand fast in it. So we need to make them understand that God is, Jesus is 100% God, 100% man, and he has come to give us that direct access to the Father um, reconciliation. And we need to make them understand that he's the perfect sacrifice, um, the bodily resurrection of Christ from dead, um, we need to make them understand that it's faith alone in Christ alone, as we, uh, as I said earlier. 
So basically, these are the things that we just have to uh, we have to let people know when we are preaching the gospel. So I just want to um, comment on what Pastor said with uh, my own experience about evangelism, because I remember um, a while back home when people, you know, people our church they do go out and you know preach to there's a particular day we go out everyone to preach to people and I was a very shy person so anytime we are there I'll just be at the very last end because I wouldn't want to say anything and I will just see them you know just keep listening to what they are saying and you know, I, I, I wanted to, I, I, I wanted more of that. I, I wanted to evangelize. I wanted to also speak about his, his good news. So what did I do? I, every birthday, like every time I have my birthday, I always have a covenant with God. I'm like, okay, that this is what I would do this year. And, you know, I'm going to do this. I want you to help me to do this. That's it. So for like, I think three years or four, every birthday, I'm like, Daddy, this year, you help me to evangelize, <laughs> you know, and I will pray about it. And as much as I, 2016, I was still like, I would, 2016, 20, 2015, 2016, 2017, that was my yearly covenant. You must help me to evangelize. You must help me to evangelize. And I keep praying about it. And I see that there is, that, you know, it was gradual, but you don't just know where it comes from. It just, there was a very big turnaround because I, 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 I left that, you know, that shy, that very shy, if you at that one that would see someone and, and I'm able to smile and play with the person and just chip in God, like about Christ and everything and talk about the gospel. So I'm just saying that fine, some of us have not gotten to that point of coming boldly to talk to someone about it, but we need to. So for us to do this, it requires us to be intentional. It requires us to be willing to want to do it. Whatever we desire, it's being given to us. Oh. And I love when pastor said, so when you desire to speak in tongues, when you desire to um prophesy all you need to do is ask and it will be given unto you so if you have not gotten to the stage of having to talk to someone it's a gradual process it's 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 not automatic it's just something that you keep asking and the lord will give you the grace to do it part-time he will tell you what to do part-time so um thank you very much um before would we round up. I just want to encourage us personally as people that have received um, Christ that we should embrace him with that true faith. It's a continuous process. In our journey of sanctification, we should know that it's something that we have to always recommit to him daily. It's not something that, um, yes, we, we know Christ now and, you know, we have to always recommit it to him. Like I commit myself anew to you today. Use me afresh, use me anew. 
use me for that person you want to use me for. And that's how we are able to continue in this journey of sanctification, knowing that it's not by our works, it's not by what we do, but by him. It's not by our doctrine in the church or it's not by that. Find we, the doctrine is necessary to inform us how we may be saved by Christ. It's there for us to have um, guidance. That's what the doctrine is for. That's what the authority, the church's authority are for. They are there to guide us, to tell us that we are saved. But at the same time, it's not about our doctrine, it's Christ who saves us. So every day we should do our best to recommit to him to tell him that I recommit myself anew to you this morning. Use me for your glory. Use me as you love to, as you want to, <laughs> while proclaiming the gospel. And also, um, I would end by saying, by um, reading Romans 10, 9, which talks about the fact that we must confess it with our mouth. So if we go to Romans 10, if we can read it in our space, it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. We need to confess it with our mouth. We know that while we, um, while um, I'm, I'm using the, I'm saying, I'm talking about this in, in regards to when people that are unbelievers receive him, they confess him as a Lord and personal savior and that he died for, for them. But without us telling them this, there is no way for them to speak it out by themselves of it. So we need to let them know. We need to let them know that confess it to them at all times when we are preaching the gospel that he died for us. He was raised, he was buried and he was raised. Yes. And also, um Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 to 20 is just encouraging us to go therefore go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever i have commanded you and lo i am with you always so i'm bringing out this verse to tell us that is with us always so let us go out there let us declare it boldly let us take away the shyness. Let us ask him for that grace and let the Holy Spirit be our guide, even unto the end of the world. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening. Bless you. Thank you so very much, Sister Ife. <clears throat> I don't know if anyone has got a question. Um, so we are back to our... <laughs> I've got I've got a question. All right. Um, it's not it's not a question. I'll be brief, hopefully. It's it's an observation. All right. When Ife was saying throughout 2017, I know she mentioned those years, however, she's been praying on how to evangelize. Mm -hmm. I actually realized that we do like correct me if I'm wrong, Pastor, but I think going into the world to preach the gospel is in two ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the people that are unchurched mm -hmm. that we are going to, but then within our midst, in our fellowship, we're also doing that preaching. Say, for example, when if I mentioned those years, yeah, mm -hmm. th th that, that was, was a time where she, no, I won't say she forced me out of my shell to actually start like talking to people and things like 
sorry, I'm being a bit personal here, but if they would just show up and say, I'm here, what, what can I do? And I'm kind of the person that I wanted to, if you want to see me, I wanted to, I wanted to be in my diary, like a most tired <laughs> to plan it all. So in her prayers, asking God to help her to evangelize this year, she was actually evangelizing to a saved person that needs to work on a certain aspect of her life. So uh, I'm seeing what we are doing that we, we might think we're not doing the actual speaking, like the physical one we see where we talk about all the things we need to talk about. But we do evangelize, like, and I think that's the beauty of church. Maybe Pastor Allah will talk to us about a bit of church history. The coming together, are seeing each other every day, we kind of rub off each other that we, somehow we cut off our excesses. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is, is able to address the things that we need to address in our lives by the virtue of us just knowing some people in church or being around them. So you just start to pull that. Um, across i hope that was brief <laughs> sort of thank you um any other thoughts comments contribution <clears throat> okay all right um, uh, i just um i don't know why it's coming to my heart to point out again okay that Sometimes, as, as Sister Anu said, there are different ways. The gospel is also <laughs> these views are wonderful. So the gospel is also, you know, like if we are like if someone offends us in the church, uh-huh. we don't have to leave the church. I'm, I don't know, my heart just brings like wants to point it out again to say that we don't have to leave because that's actually not us. Um, understanding what we believe in because when someone offends you or when someone says something and it doesn't meet up well with you we just have to forgive be bold to talk to the person the person can be you know can be way older than you or something be bold to go ahead and speak to that person and don't let anything make you uncomfortable you know don't let anything make um, make you, I, I don't know the English to use for that, sorry. So don't just make, <laughs> just go ahead and be bold. <laughs> Talk, speak it out, let the person know and live life, live this beautiful gospel and continue in Christ. So don't just decide to leave the church. Um, so many things have happened like that. And I sometimes it's difficult to speak to the person and say, you really don't have to leave because some, some people don't just want to hear that, mm-hmm. you're telling them that. But still, you just have to forgive and make the person know and get on with life, get on with what the assignment. The thing is when we don't understand the assignment which you have been, been given, it's an mm-hmm. assignment mm-hmm. for a servant. So whatever this life throws at you, when you go with the approach and that attitude that see, I am here to serve. I am here to, you know, I'm here for others. I'm here because he's, he's using me for this particular thing. It's not by me. Mm. We wouldn't have any, you know, any entanglement. Yeah, we wouldn't have that. Oh, wow. <laughs> God, yeah, mm-hmm. but we wouldn't just have that and we would be able to live freely in Christ. 
I had just thought to point out. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, Sister Ife, we really appreciate your, <clears throat> your facilitation as always and for engaging us with annotations, at least for the first time, I yeah. think. Yeah, <laughs> it was the first person also that started the poll. And when you did the poll then, I told myself I was going to do it for my next one and I forgot. But I told myself I'll do the annotation again. Well done. It's good. Um, well, just to tie it together, I mean, uh, we are, we are out of time. Tone has a question, sorry. Say that again. Tone has a question. All right, go on. Who is that? Sister Damola. Oh, Sister Damola, sorry, my chat thing covered your... Yeah, go on. Uh, yeah, it's okay. Um, okay, it's not exactly a question. It's more like a comment. Anyways, right. in, I'm also speaking to myself also. Okay, so um, I mentioned the old WhatsApp status thing as one of the ways I... I, be, I, I believe I share the gospel anyways mm -hmm. my dad yeah okay so in that sense like it has also helped me personally because it's it has also helped me not living an hypocritical life mm. and then okay just like we mentioned about the Nigerian way of the Nigerian so to say common way of evangelizing which is going to the streets and all of that a lot of times those kind of people like this are people that you probably will never see again so it's like we just, we get too comfortable in that sense. And then it's like, not like see, we'll never see them again, but then it's like, there's just no um, close relationship with those people. And then we just tend to act anyhow to those around us who we believe, mm -hmm. oh, I also born again, like also it's like, we don't really tend to look inwards in our lives and how we should also mm -hmm. behave. So for me, basically like for the past, in the past couple of years, I've been surrounded by people that are not Christians, it's that they're not Christians anyways. And then while some are Christians, they are not exactly maybe people that go to church and things like that. So it's like, I just try to, okay, like now the post I share on WhatsApp and all, these are things that these people see. And yeah. it's like people that I go to school, I come back to meet, I see in school. So it's like, it has also helped me work on myself. Like, okay, if I'm going to be sharing these things, if I'm going to also see these people, like I have to also live out that life. Mm, mm. I can't be saying, for example, maybe they use certain swear words, and then I'm like, oh, you don't use it for me. This is not something I. So I also like to make them aware that, oh, I have these boundaries, and then I wouldn't want it to be crossed and all those. So it's like, basically, it has really helped my own life not to live an hypocritical life, mm. which is still a gradual process. And I trust God would also help me. So yeah, I believe this blesses someone. Thank you. Um, we are all works in progress. Um, sister, no wait. <laughs> sister Titi, so good to hear your voice. Go on. Good evening, Pastor. Good evening, everybody. Sorry. Oh. Uh, I was late a bit. Okay. Um, what I wanted to say was I feel like a bit of emotional intelligence is very good for Christians. Mm. And one person that I always see that in is the pastor missus of our church here in Liverpool on TAC. Mm. I don't because I've witnessed a lot of people say hurtful things to her. She acts like you just breathe enough. Like it's, she's not even hearing it. She mm. in her head. So when we, I said, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, me, I'm too sensitive to that, that one. <laughs> I will rationalize and use my brain. She does, I don't know how she does it. She's just so amazing with it. It's hard to offend people like that. You'll be frustrated with them. You can't offend them. Mm -hmm. So that emotional intelligence to just sweep things aside and just move forward is important for us because I've had situations where somebody was questioning the validity of Christ coming in the first place. I said, ah, this is a Christian, no? And then it was like, eh, our, our, we now, I now use the, sorry, I'm taking time to use the example of um, computers and things and 
we went for the, the first computer occupied a room and now we've got these tiny chips and it was like how do we know i say hey well have you checked histories have you read a book have you done historians wrote this thing this person actually lived this that so it was a back and forth i was getting agitated and I was like titi exercise emotional intelligence because there's a way you say this thing and the person won't even hear anything because you know some people are ready for battle they're just mm. edging you on to just argue with you and mm. the other thing i wanted to say besides that was people know who you are like if i just said one time when I was a teenager in front of my house, me, I'm always, I'm always the only girl with boys and with like street kids and things. And we we're talking one day. So one of the girls passed and I was like, I was I can't even remember what I said. So maybe I said S H I T or something or something like that. She was like, she just turned, she was like, Titi. I said, yes. She was like, it doesn't fit you. I said, oh, <laughs> she said, that. <laughs> she said it doesn't fit me that she, if she hears that, she won't imagine my face that that kind of a swear word or a curse word doesn't suit me. Like the way she pictures me, the way she sees me, the way I talk to her, that mm. I'm not that person. And I thought about that for weeks and weeks and weeks. People, see, we stand for something. And so when we do something contrary, even people that are not believers, they're like, ah, something is strange about you because mm. they know who we are. They know what we stand for. Yes. Yeah, so thank you. Mm. That's brilliant. <clears throat> Sister Anna. Just a very quick one. While um, Sister Damala was saying, while she was sharing, yeah. It just brought me back to the fact that sharing the gospel is also a continuing thing. Mm. It, like you don't share and go, you share and stay with them in their struggles and unbelief. Say, for example, for what if I said, mm. I met someone, okay, I, I've met someone at the bus station. I, I've talked to them via conversation of the gospel. Uh-huh. I can't just leave them like that. There has to be a continuation. Okay, I've just sown a seed. What if, you, what if you never meet them again, or like you want to ask for their number and they're like, no, you yeah. cannot. But, but then go go find them on Facebook <laughs> or something. But but I think if for me now, I think it's actually helping me to bring everything into perspective. Yeah. Because if I share and stay, I am I am making a commitment. It's not like a follow-up of say, hey, did you go to church or did you? But it could be staying in prayer. It could be God help them to meet someone in their vicinity that would continue the work. Mm-hmm. So I've shared the bad news. I've shared the good news. I've cemented it with the everything. Then I need to stay. And, and it's, it's my nature, so to say, that I need to see, I need to see th- things through. So one of the things, one of the reasons I don't really like doing the evangelism is but what, what next? Okay, Jesus is saving you. Da, 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 da. Then we leave them to go. Sorry, one more thing before you go. This is just an aside. I also I also struggle with attending miracle, miracle services in the sense that you lay hand on this woman and say the demons, the seven demons has, has gone and she shakes and reaches on the floor and go. And you move on to the next man. No, no, she, you do all the thing she, she's healed. Then she sits in a chair and I can feel a shame. And, and it bothers me so much. Sorry, it's not part, it's not part of your message, Ifeh. I just need to share this now. It bothers me so much that someone can't just stay there and just put a hand, a, a hand around her shoulder to say, you're not demon-possessed. We are all demon-possessed. Just, just manifesting. Our own is more I'm knowing. Demon-possessed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it, it really, because it hurts me. Like I'm talking like this, and I want to cry because <laughs> you can feel the I can I can feel the palpable fear and shame. And and because some of them would have like nice long hair, they're trying to shield their face, or some will go to the toilet. You won't see them again. 
it doesn't end. I don't even think, permit me if I'm wrong, that we should be doing that strong um, healing where it's not the same, it's not equal. Maybe it should have a room for people that are strong. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, it, it hurts. It, it hurts. And I'm speaking, maybe it's just my nature picking it up. It's one of the things I don't really understand about church. We've healed someone of a demon. Where is the follow-up? Is someone calling her? And, and this thing, most of these things happen in other than crusade where it's all open. Someone's son just got healed of uh, um, epilepsy. And this woman has been carrying, uh, carrying the son around for 10 years. What is she feeling right now after the healing? How, how do we then follow that up to continue, continue the gospel? Because the Bible did say that sometimes when the, devil, when the demons go, they go for a while and they come back to check We ah, this place is good, okay. Let me go and call seven of my demon friends to come stay because they find um, a, a place to stay. So maybe in our sharing, so we should stand, try and stay with the people, stay in prayer, stay closely to them, just so we know that, just so we help ourselves basically. God bless us. Amen. Sister Ife, very Thank briefly. you so much, Sister Anu. It's very important. Follow up. Um, for a, a quick example is um I, I called Richard, a friend of he's, he's a friend of mine. I work with him anyways. But it's not just you know, most most people when we meet them and we preach to them and the Holy Spirit inspires us this way to talk to them, they really haven't gotten, you know, the deep understanding of what we are talking about. You might give them the story or they might see the way you leave and say, okay, I, I accept. And the Holy Spirit opens their heart, but you need, it's, it needs continuous um, feeding, just like the way you water the plant. You need to continue to feed it. You need to pray for them. And you need to, the ones that you can reach out to, it's not all of them you'll be able to reach out to, but the ones that you can reach out to, try to reach out to them and follow up as much as, God can help you too, because there are sometimes don't allow that to be a um, how do I say? Don't condemn yourself as well while doing that. Because the reason why I said that sometimes I want to do, I want to follow up. I've done it for a while, and then I'm not able to do it at this period. It's not by your power. So allow the strength, allow the strength that you enjoy to help you out through it. Sometimes we just you know, we are too hard on ourselves, and I can be like that so much. I'm always very hard on myself. So it's just the power, this, the strength of God and the surrenderness. I'm just like, help me, Daddy. I don't want to be this hard. Just help me to do it when you can help me to, you know, when you want me to do it. Just help me to do it that way. And the other one is, um, Sister Anu talked about, I have had that experience before. So as she was saying it, I know how it feels. <laughs> you know back home i know how it feels and what really happened that day someone else can leave the church but personally if the person doesn't know christ and such thing happen we need someone in in that vicinity in the household of, of faith that would follow up with that person because that could actually take the person out of church if the person feels very ashamed of you know, because the day it happened to me, I didn't know, I, I, I didn't understand. I was still very, very small. Like, what are they, what are they saying? Why did they cut my hair? I just finished making this fine, you know, <laughs> weave on and I just opened my eyes and everything was gone. And I'm like, what happened? You know, 
And you'll be like, why? I was like, I'm aware of what is happening, but why are you cutting my hair? <laughs> you know? So that requires a very, it's just that then I understood, see, I'm not here because of the church or like I'm here because he has given me assignments, you know, to edify other people around me the little way I can. So I'm not here because um, of, how will I say it? Yeah, I'm just yet to carry out an assignment. So if we understand that some of us wouldn't leave, but the ones that don't understand it, we should have someone in our vicinity, in the household of faith. If you're a worker in the household of faith, please make sure that anything that you see that is not, um, you're not very you know, happy with the way it works, try to speak it out, try to speak to the leaders, try to let them know, try to, you know, you can actually bring yourself up to actually be the person in charge of that stuff. So that helps us to go together. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Um, can I make a few comments? Yes, it's Tanika. Uh, yeah, so I just want to play emphasis on you being a certification of the gospel yourself, because sometimes even when you're not aware, hmm. people actually take note of you and what you do, especially when you call yourself a Christian, like, I'll use the example of my office back in Nigeria. We have like a few pastors or people that claim to be pastors. I don't attend that church, so I don't know. But then when you see the way they behave or the way they handle things or the things they do, and then you're not really speaking to them, but you're not having conversations with other people, but then you listen to what other people are saying about such people. You make you almost feel ashamed of being a Christian. Like my office is like probably like 70% Muslim or at least 60% Muslim. And then there's some certain people with the way they behave that you see them murmuring amongst themselves when the person passes that the person claims to be a pastor and is a Christian and then he calls it like Banza Koi and all that. That's like very strong insult in Hausa. Uh. Now this person haven't approached them to preach to them or anything. But that person is representative of being a pastor and being a Christian and what Christianity is all about. Now this person have did some very strong emotions and feelings about Christianity to a certain group of people that you have never even approached to to preach. So mm. I think sometimes that we should just be aware whether it's in our working environment or outside or whatever that we are presentations of the gospel ourselves and our actions and the way we behave, how we speak or interact with people, our choice of words are reflective and people pay attention even if when we're not aware then i just want to share a very unique experience mm. i didn't do the preaching i was in the park with a friend or chatting with a friend in france and this lady just walked towards us and she was just speaking in french and we had no idea what she was saying so we we're like trying to explain to her that we didn't hear my friend understood the little French, but not much. We didn't from there at all. And then she just reached into a bag and picked up two roses, 
handed me one, handed my friend one, mm-hmm. and attached was with this little cute envelope. And then she like, hi, and then she walked away, and we just looked at ourselves like, what's this about? And then we opened the envelopes, and it had these cute notes with Bible verses in it. I can't remember what my friend's verse was, but mine was Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3. And that verse has remained in my mind since then. Mm. I think I still have that rose at home. It's dried up and all that. But when I see it, I just have this really warm feeling in my heart and my spirit that, oh, I remember that day. So sometimes you don't really have to say much, but those little gestures like that and that envelope is just yeah, that was a very lasting effect and all that. So even the smallest gesture goes a long way. You might not realize it, but she probably doesn't even know that she has that envelope and all that. But just that little gesture was just like very big impact on me. So even the smallest gesture, I think, goes a long way. You might not know it, but it does. Yeah, that's my contribution. Mm. Thank you very, very much. And Mr. Damilari, thanks for posting that scripture. The Lord has appeared of order to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, have I drawn thee. And Sister Blessed says, to also further buttress on the point of allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you, mentioned by Sister Dash, is the example of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, absolutely. Um, the Ethiopian eunuch was reading and he didn't, he was reading a passage from Isaiah and he didn't understand what he was reading. The Bible says the Holy Spirit kind of instigated Philip. In fact, he almost looked like he disappeared and appeared there and um, ministered to the man by starting with a question. Do you understand what you're reading? And the man said, no, how will I understand except someone explains and a conversation ensued. The next thing we know, the man was getting baptized an oral tradition has it that that was the man that took the gospel to Africa. Perhaps, possibly, we never know. But his legacy continues to live on any which way. Um, so yeah, that's very brilliant. Thank you so very much. We are literally... just one more person. What? Okay, Neto. Yeah, sorry, I just saw the hand. <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you, Pastor. I'll just well, everything Sister Nike has said is what I wanted to add. Oh, read the gospel in your workplace first corinthians 13 even if you prophesy or even if you uh, pray for long you prophesy for long love overtakes everything and mm-hmm. god is love i've heard stories of people that you pray they pray for two hours in the morning from five o'clock or something and you cannot even smile or talk you become you are horrible to even your husband or your wife or the person beside you so let us think about Christianity when you're treating somebody. Just be human to somebody and treat people the way Christ will treat them. Oh. Amen. Thank you very much. Um, as we begin to wrap up, just before we pray, just to tie all the threads together, um, I think one of the things that came through is the fact that we should be led by the Spirit. And in doing that, not take his place so of course there will be times when you will be the one to quote and unquote sow the seed and see it through to the finish there are other times that yours is just to speak and go there are other times that in fact you don't necessarily have to share the gospel yours is just to smile and go um 
Nobody comes to the Father. Bible is clear about this in John. Nobody comes to the Father except the Spirit of God draws him. Um, it's we can't get into all the theological complications of that, but that's the truth. There is no eloquence or no brilliance or no persuasion or argumentative skill or whatever that you might have, or passion actually, um, or zeal, which might be like advanced passion, that you could have that can win anybody over to Christ, that can save it. So none. It's all left, it's rises and falls, if I could use that phrase, on the Holy Spirit. And he delights to partner with us in that. And that's why we need to understand the gospel for ourselves. Many of those things that Sister Ife was saying, um, you should let them understand this. You should let them understand this. You should let them understand this. I think the first thing is we should understand it ourselves. Um, time might not avail you to go through all of those key dimensions to what the gospel is, but do you understand the gospel yourself? You know, sometimes we, and I found myself thinking like this before that, I wasn't exactly a bad Christian or I wasn't exactly a bad person before I gave my life to Christ as it compared to some other people. But it actually begins with knowing that whichever way you want to think about it, we are all dead. We are all bad. <laughs> there is, compared to the righteousness of God and what God expects and demands of us, a mother Teresa and Anusama Bin Laden are both miles away from what God expects. And impossibly miles away like there is no way you can ever possibly overcome that that chasm it takes christ it takes god it takes god himself becoming man and paying the price for the demand that he has set which only he himself could meet that's the gospel but we need to understand that for ourselves such that in your dealings with people whichever aspect of that needs to find expression either literally or in answering a question or in engaging in your conversation, we'll find expression one way or the other. Uh, but the key thing is let's understand it ourselves. We are not here because we deserve to be saved. Not because you are born into a Christian family, not because of very many other things that we can easily take for granted. It's all by God's mercies that we are here and that we are standing. And secondly, understand your context. Uh, there's a part of how we've spoken tonight that might make it look like even the whole idea of going to share the gospel with tracts or knocking on people's door is totally not going to work. The Spirit of God might actually lead you in that way and it will work depending on the context that you're in. Sister um, that's actually Sister Blessed's name. Um, we're sharing about how I used to you know, pay people's transport fare and all that um, in Nigeria. And I could remember very well that on my flight to the UK for the very first time, like my first time of coming to the UK. So I was, I flew to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to London City Airport. On that flight from Amsterdam to London, I sat next to a lady that was asking me um, about, she was also speaking French, Sister Nike. <laughs> and I understood a bit of French, so I was able to speak. <laughs> I was able to still engage and then eventually I saw that she could also speak a, few, a little English but basically she was asking me how much it was going to cost to get a taxi from the London city airport to wherever she was going which I'm just getting to London for the first time so I have no idea but I took I took that to mean if someone asked me that in Nigeria while I'm inside the bus 
I took that, I would take that to mean that the person is concerned about whether or not he or she will have enough money to be able to board whatever she needs to board to get to where she was going to go. And so in my still innocent Nigerian mind, I told her I don't know how much it's going to cost. And then some few minutes later, I felt like, okay, let me just at least augment whatever it is that she has. And so I think I brought out maybe 50 pounds because most of the notes I had were 50 pounds. And even me, I don't even know exactly the value of whatever I was doing. And decided to <laughs> give it to her because I don't know how much they charge for taxes anyways. And she looked at me with the most disdainful, <laughs> disgusting look ever. Like, what? Why would you want to do that? And, and I mean, I, I felt like I literally embarrassed her and she embarrassed me with the way she responded. And of course, she didn't take the money. But that makes me know, okay, now I'm in a new context. I'm in a new climb. What used to work in a certain context will no longer work. The way to express that uh, the love of God to this kind of people that looks at you even suspiciously by probably just your skin color um, means that you are going to have to rethink and understand the context that you're in. And that's very important. Wherever you find yourself in the world, understand the people understand the area, understand the terrain, and let the Holy Spirit then lead you into what would be the most appropriate way to evangelize. So there is no method that we have spoken about that the Holy Spirit cannot use, uh, but it doesn't have to be that particular way. Um, and I read something somewhere uh, some time ago where they said, oftentimes we over amplify the seeming restrictions that we think we have. And so there are some things, we've just so generalized the fact that in the Western world, you are not allowed to do this, you are not allowed to do that. And I thank God for all the different examples that Sister Luayimka gave, that, I mean, gave us lots of ideas to, to work with and what Sister Anu shared as well. And lastly, maximize your God-given opportunities. There will always be a Kairos moment where you just know, okay, this is the time to speak, or this is the time to, raise that thing that you've been praying about concerning this person or that person and, and whatever. Um, when such opportunities avail itself, maximize it, maximize it. Lastly, if I could share in just two or three minutes as we pray to wrap up. Earlier today, I mean, those of us that are Yoruba, or at least that know this musician by the name Tope Alabi, um, you would be familiar with how recently something went viral on, on social media about are getting into some back and forth with a woman by the name of, I don't even know her name, but people call her Oniduro. Basically, Tokarabi was making a point in the clip that went viral where I don't know where she was ministering. And then she just went on and on and it looked like she was attacking this woman um, for singing and calling Jesus or God, calling Jesus specifically Oniduro. Oniduro is Garanto. And um, Anu was listening to another clip today that was recorded a year or two before this world drama that happened in this year, in which he had actually exposed on that same subject. But because this was in a setting that wasn't in the heat of the moment, I was able to hear her objectively and think of what she was saying and then tie that to what we've just discussed about the gospel. And what she was saying basically was, <clears throat> To say someone is a guarantor, your guarantor, means that if eventually you commit an offense for which you have made the person your guarantor, maybe you defaulted in paying what you're supposed to pay, they will come to the guarantor and the guarantor will, of first priority, go and look for you wherever you can hide and hand you over 
to those that will discipline you. Like, you cannot come and put me in trouble. This is him. He's hiding here. Come and find him and come and... So she was saying, Jesus, that's misrepresenting Jesus in our understanding that Jesus doesn't do that to us. He loves us. He will take our place. And so she offered a substitute or a better word, which was Olulaja. Olulaja is reconciler. Now, I, as a upcoming theologian, if you will, <laughs> when I heard those two names, I had to stand back and look at that. And I see that it ties in with an aspect of what we are speaking about today. Because part of what is implied in someone being, describing Jesus as a guarantor is the fact that, I mean, if I, um, if he's guarantor. As long as if he's a good girl, she doesn't need me. As long as she continues to pay her rent, she's good, I'm good. I do write reference for people, and I think I've done guarantor for one or two people without exactly thinking anything about it. I just feel like they are good, they are dependable, they'll be fine. I can put my name on, on the paper and put my neck on the line, knowing that really nothing is going to happen. Um, but when you bring that to Jesus, when it comes to salvation, the implication of that is we can be righteous and not necessarily need him. If he's our guarantor, as long as we can be righteous to a certain extent, as long as we don't default, as long as we are not bad, then we are good and we don't exactly need him to come and do anything for us. But the other word that she offers, reconciler, already presupposes that both of us are, me and God, we are enemies. We need someone to reconcile us. That is more scriptural. That is more theologically correct. That is more biblical. That's the gospel. That's more gospel-centered, so to speak, than describing Jesus as a guarantor. And this is not me taking sides. This is just me reflecting on what people have gone all over Facebook, social media, Instagram, everything to to, to drag her in the mud about, especially because she was now beginning to attack a person much more than sharing the message. But I listened to the message today outside of this world broil, and I saw wisdom in what she was saying. And I just thought to add that to the mix of what we are saying here to say, Christ is our reconciler. That's the good news. I am bad. I was born bad. I was born dead. And I needed someone to reconcile me to the one whom I need the most, with whom I desire to spend eternal life. And Jesus did that. Amen.